Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. As the economy shows further signs of returning to pre-pandemic conditions, our conversation today will outline for you a recently launched investment theme from the UBS Chief Investment Office, which focuses on the sectors of the economy that are poised to benefit the most from an anticipated uptick in investment. Joining me on the line for today's conversation, glad to welcome back to the podcast, Michelle Liberty. Thematic Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Michelle, good morning to you. Nice to be with you today and looking forward to our conversation. Good morning, Dan. So, Michelle, as I mentioned, you and your colleagues just launched the Business Spending Rebound Investment Theme. So, as a starting point, Michelle, it might be helpful for our clients, our listeners, if you can walk us through the genesis behind this theme and the timing of the launch. Sure. Thanks and good morning, First, I'll just give a high-level overview of the theme, and essentially, we expect to see a pickup in capital expenditures, again, given this positive economic backdrop that we've seen. Business spending actually declined during the pandemic as companies either chose to delay uh, or postpone their spending plans uh, due to that economic uncertainty. Um, Again, we have to remember that at one point, you know, we didn't know when we were going to get a vaccine, if it were going to work, um, you know, just how long this recovery was going to take to take hold. Um, But now, you know, fast forward and we're seeing um, a a better economic backdrop. We're seeing the ISM uh, improve. It's well, uh, well above 50, which means it's an expansionary territory. So, we not only expect pent-up demand from consumers, but pent-up demand for business spending as well. Uh, and we're starting to see expectations for capital expenditures surge again uh, towards levels that we haven't seen since the corporate tax cut uh, back in 2017 and 2018. So we've put together a list of companies that we expect to benefit from business spending. And these aren't necessarily the spenders themselves. Um, so to your question and, and to the timing of the launch, um, there's really two different buckets of drivers here. You have this cyclical piece, uh, and there's also some secular drivers and some other longer-term trends that also bode well for business spending. So on the cyclical side, uh, that why now piece, uh, the, again, the ISM has been firmly in expansionary territory. Uh, this typically bodes well for industrials. Uh, interest rates are relatively low overall, overall, uh, which bodes well for borrowing. Capacity constraints have been highlighted. Uh, profits are healthy, or at least uh, recovering for the cyclical companies that were hurt in 2020. And the potential for infrastructure, uh, you know, while by no means guaranteed, this would also add to the incentive to spend. Uh, and then finally, you know, valuations for the list overall don't appear too demanding. Uh, the list as a whole typically trades at a, a relative premium to the S&P 500, uh, but the current relative premium is actually running below a longer-term five-year historical average. So those are some of the reasons as to the why now piece, that cyclical driver that I mentioned. Okay, well, Michelle, very helpful overview to get the conversation started. A few points there that we can follow up on and dive a bit deeper into, maybe starting with some of those trends, Michelle, that you mentioned a couple of moments ago. What kinds of trends exactly might influence how, when, and even where investment dollars are allocated? Yeah, so this gets to that that secular driver um, that I mentioned, those longer-term drivers here. And first, 
reshoring. So reshoring efforts uh, are, are ramping back up. So announcements of reshoring to the U.S. by companies have uh, really surged, and they're actually as high, again, as we saw, similar to CapEx, these are as high as we saw in 2017 when the tariff uncertainty was very, very high. Uh, so a pandemic highlighted just how quickly supply chains can be disrupted. By diversifying supply chains or bringing them closer to home, you can reduce the risk that any one black swan event in any one region you know, completely disrupts the entire manufacturing process. So we think that this should drive demand for new plants and automation tools that can improve new plant productivity. Uh, you know, this can help offset some of the higher labor costs of production uh, and moving to you know, more expensive labor regions. And the last time we saw uh, reshoring announcements this high also roughly coincided uh, with, a rise in, with a rise in business spending. Second, uh, IT spending is likely going to continue in order to support a more distributed workforce. Uh, and we also think that along with the supply chain complexities, the pandemic highlighted the necessity of robust IT infrastructure. So even as these return to office plans ramp up, we still think that the workforce is going to be more flexible uh, and more remote overall. So we do think that businesses are going to continue to invest in a more digital future, and this should support some of the more secular growth-tied companies on our list. Now, finally, last thing I'll just briefly mention, uh, a broader push for decarbonization. Um, we're likely to see further spending on things like building efficiency, for example. Um, this could benefit companies providing more climate-friendly solutions, uh, so specifically companies like in the HVAC space, for example, that could benefit from uh, an investment to improve building efficiency, building energy efficiency. To get a bit more pointed in terms of positioning, can you expand a bit on the sectors that the Chief Investment Office believes are best positioned to benefit from this anticipated influx of investment? Sure. So we, we do see a range of opportunities across sectors, uh, but the list is primarily skewed to industrials. So industrials do tend to outperform the S&P 500 when the ISM is in expansionary territory. Uh, and while we have seen industrials do well you know, this year already, we do think that there's still more to go for select companies in the sector. Uh, and more specifically, we expect these trends to benefit companies with exposure to, to factory automation. And then within uh, tech and comm services, uh, we see this opportunity in, in two parts, really. And, and the first is the cyclical subsectors of IT that struggled during the pandemic. Uh, and two, some of the underappreciated secular growth beneficiaries that have exposure to this future of work that I mentioned. So more distributed workforce solutions, uh, as well as business process you know, automation providers. So in that first bucket, we do expect to see a recovery in on-prem IT spend. And overall, we see a better near-term picture for the hardware and comm equipment companies that have been you know, negatively impacted. And in that second piece, we continue to see opportunity in network equipment uh, storage and security as businesses continue to you know, harness the power of cloud computing and they look to enable that greater workforce flexibility that we, that we talked about. Now, those two uh, are the bulk of the list, but there's also exposure to financials and to REITs as well. So financials should benefit from a return to commercial and industrial loan growth. 
So during the pandemic, we saw a, a decline in loan demand. Uh, corporations turned to capital markets for funding, for example. Small businesses had other sources of funding. Uh, so we expect a return to loan growth as companies look to invest for growth again. Uh, and this should benefit the financials on our list. Finally, um, last thing I'll note here, we do think that inventory management, again, uh, you know, we've seen the complexities of these uh, supply chains. And we also see you know, inventory to sales at a pretty low historic level right now. So we expect inventory management to undergo a shift from just-in-time inventory to just-in-case inventory. Uh, again, the pandemic highlighted the need for this, and uh, we're still seeing that low inventory level overall. So we think that this supports further demand for industrial REITs and longer-term structural growth in e-commerce I should also bode well for warehouse demand. Great. So, Michelle, now that we have a sense for positioning, we should take a moment, maybe highlight some risks, because with all investing involves risk. What are some risks, Michelle, associated with this investment theme that participants need to be mindful of? Of course. So, first, um, I would say a slower than expected recovery. So, any setback in terms of the COVID-19 reopening, um, you know, while we have seen the U.S. roll out vaccinations uh, pretty quickly, and we'll be, we're beginning to return to you know, some sense of normalcy here. Uh, we have seen outbreaks continue in other regions of the world, uh, and some regions have actually had to reimpose lockdowns. So in our base case, we don't expect this to derail the recovery overall, but again, any setback here uh, you know, or re re-imposing of any restrictions, uh, especially in the U.S., we don't necessarily expect that given our vaccinations. You know, this would uh, dampen the outlook for business spending. A second, uh, we have seen you know, some pockets of pricing pressure. Um, all in all, we expect this to be largely transitory. Uh, but that said, any you know, sustained pricing increase or anything that may cause the Fed to tighten financial conditions sooner than expected uh, would also likely cause business sentiment to sour a bit. Finally, um, the proposal to increase corporate taxes, uh, if enacted, this, this could detract from a company's willingness to invest. Uh, but that said, we do expect you know, any hike uh, to be smaller than the initial proposal uh, if finalized. And, and overall, we see this as at least partially offset by uh, fiscal stimulus and economic growth. So those are the three key risks that I would mention. Well, Michelle, thank you for highlighting those risks for us. So in the way of a closing point in terms of how our clients can go about investing in the business spending rebound investment theme, I know at the top of the podcast, Michelle, you mentioned the stock list. And of course, here on top of the morning, we cannot discuss single securities. So Michelle, what is some guidance you can share in terms of next steps for our clients, especially how they can learn more about investing in the business spending rebound investment theme? Sure, great question. So we do review I know, all of these things that we spoke about today in greater detail uh, within the report, uh, where you can also find the full list of companies that we expect to benefit from an increase in business spending. So please reach out to your UBS uh, financial advisor to learn more and to obtain a copy of that report. Uh, again, that's called U.S. Equities 
business spending rebound, and it was published on uh, May 20th, 2021. Well, Michelle, thank you very much for joining us here on Top of the Morning today to walk us through this new investment theme, and we'll look forward to tracking this story and having follow-up conversations as conditions evolve. But thank you again for the insights and time today, Michelle. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And again, today we've been joined by Michelle Liberty, Thematic Investment Associate for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that Michelle has been making reference to during our conversation on the podcast today, the Business Spending Rebound Theme Launch publication. So for clients of UBS, as Michelle mentioned, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more or receive a copy of the publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.